Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. Different people are going to get something different from this, okay? Because this is a powerful intercession thing that goes with what we did this morning. There's also something about getting free from um, soul ties, getting free. I'm going to show you through these scriptures where the enemy puts these uh, hooks on us. And he's always trying to do that. He's always trying to do it both ways. He's always trying to make... Uh, he wants you and dependent on me and he wants me dependent on you. He wants you dependent on your husband. He wants your husband. Basically, he wants to use people, especially people you care about who are close to you or should care about you, to try to order your steps. At the same time, he wants you to order other people's steps. Amen? That's what he's always doing. He's always trying to get you to order somebody's steps and somebody to order your steps. Why? Because it keeps the Holy Spirit from ordering your steps. No one in this room that I know of anyway is going to blatantly follow Satan, right? Please say right, okay? We'll do a deliverance. Travis is here. He'll cast a demon out of you in a little bit. He's like, no. Amen? So I want you to have ears to hear because this is something that's not a one-time thing. This is something Satan will be using the rest of your life, the rest of our lives, to try to make us controlling or controlled. I don't care who you are, you're on both sides of it. Can I get an amen? Okay, nobody is so wonderful and good they're exempt from it. Amen? And no one's the good one and someone's the bad one. Both are bad. Amen? amen. They're both as bad. Ahab is as bad as Jezebel. Amen? So I'm going to show you this is so cool. First of all, earlier, remember we were talking about, how do you say his name? Jonabad. And how we released angels to go and stir up Jonabad. Because it's really cool. Because Jonabad was the one who told David, hey, chill, David. Um, all your sons aren't dead. Only Amnon's dead. Amsalon killed him. And it was set up back with Tamar. Well, during the worship, the Lord said, go look all that up. Go back and see that. And I was amazed to see uh, looking at David's life. First of all, David was cursed with this, okay? This was part of what he was going to reap. So go all the way back to the part with, um, I guess, 2 Samuel 12. I'm going to do this really fast. I'm just doing an overview. We're not teaching, so to speak, this <clears throat> in such a way. All right. So if you go all the way back to 2 Samuel 12, 1, and I'm, I'm in the King James only because it's really quick for me to get to the key words. All right. So the Lord sent Nathan, a prophet, unto David. He came to him and said, there are two men in one city. The one's rich, the other one's poor. Really quick story. Basically, this is where David 
had slept with Bathsheba, got her pregnant, and then he tried everything he could come up with, everything he could connive to try to get this guy to come back and sleep with his wife. God didn't let it happen. God, God refused to let David get away with this. Can I get an amen? I mean, there's not too many military guys who've been away from their wives, has a wife as pretty as Bathsheba, that's going to come home and say, I'm not touching you, baby. Amen? So God really intervened there and put such a strong integrity in this, her husband, that he, even when he came back, he wouldn't sleep with her. And, and David even tried to get him drunk. I mean, David went all out with manipulation and scheming to get, to get this thing so nobody will ever know what he did. Amen? Now, on one part, David's the king, and, and back there, if you're a king, you can kind of get away with anything you want, kind of like what you see in politics today, right? So David didn't want, I think, a couple things. He didn't want Bathsheba to be shamed. He obviously didn't really want to take her as his wife at that point, right? Because he's trying to bring the husband back in the picture. When everything else failed, he turned to murder, uh, now, David was known to, to be a warrior, okay? So uh, murder, people dying because David killed them was not a new thing. Amen? But to kill an innocent person to cover up his sin, that was pretty much a new thing. That's how deep it went. So anyway, so when all this happened, and David's real heart came out when he said, who stole this little lamb from the, which rich person did this thing who could have had any? And then you know the story. Nathan came back and said, we're talking about you. And then David knew, oh my gosh, God himself is rebuking me for my insanity of what I've done. Now look, God let that go pretty far, didn't he? I mean, I really believe God could have jumped in there and rebuked David. David probably would have listened sooner. But God let David's sin play out as far as David was still covering his tracks. And he let it go as far as David wanted it to go. And then it was over. David looked like he had accomplished what he wanted, right? And then God comes in, I, see, I, I know what you've done. So one thing is we're interceding and praying for the nations, is we're interceding and praying. Let me say, we are not in the last, last of the last days, okay? There is not a glorious bride. I do believe the harlot bride, uh, the Babylon bride has been shown. I personally don't believe that, whew, and we're canceling this. I do not believe the Babylon bride that is talked about in the book of Revelation is in New York City or anywhere in the U.S. of A., but the enemy wants us to think that because then he's going to do a nuclear attack to try to make that come to pass, just like he had uh, the lady, I can't say names because we're censored because in America there's so much freedom. But um, there was someone who wants to be president who has that harlot spirit, who dressed the part of the harlot in the book of Revelations when they swore on a Bible. How much did that mean? Amen. Anyhow. So the Lord's showing me, it's not, I, I personally believe it's going to be somewhere else. I'll say where it is, but I won't. But anyway, but there is this city that you and I have been to, and some of us, that, that man has built that's a port that's got lots of wealth, that one day all the elitists have mansions and all there. 
I hate going there. You liked it. But anyhow, <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I'm not going to say it because it could be two or 300 years later and be a whole different place. Amen. But it's, but do you see what I'm saying? Satan is trying to make the church believe the book of Revelations is unfolding. So we curse ourselves. I cancel that in the name of Jesus. Amen. I cancel it. We are not going to have a nuclear bomb here because they're trying to say we're Babylon. Amen. Do you get Satan can only operate twisting the word of God. He can't make up anything new. Now, how do we know we're not there? Because the bride is nowhere near ready. She still is thinking she's unessential. <laughs> Amen. So Satan's trying to do all this stuff and the church has to push it back and say, you can't do it because here's the scripture that shows that this isn't the time and this isn't the place. Amen. All right. I don't know how I got into all that, but anyhow. So here we are. Part of it, he just keeps showing us with David. So here, David gives into the sin that was in David's heart, right? God lets him take it pretty full course. How many would say that God has allowed a lot of uh, very wealthy globalist elitists to take their sin pretty darn far? All the way to the point now of wanting babies to be born and then the parents decide to kill them and making that seem as if it's normal. It's no different than throwing them into the gates of hell where they used to do that ritual with babies. Isn't it horrific? It's horrific, right? Okay, so how many would say that as far as this pre-plan uh, to try to make things look like the end times of the end times, how many would say uh, God let it go as far as their evil hearts would go? Amen? Let me tell you, their evil hearts would go as far as to blow up this nation. And so God is having people who are hearing him break the power of it. Amen? Everything about Russia and Ukraine right now is to try to get a nuclear war here. And the enemy's using both parties to do it. I'll just say, Putin isn't saved, okay? Anybody who believes that, you have, you, you're just, he, he's, he, he, ugh. If you run against him, you don't live. He's more like someone um, connected to someone who's being sued right now by the real president. I'm talking in code, but everybody gets it. Amen? It's like, you don't mess with that man in that country and live. That's not a Christian, okay? Can we all agree on that? Okay, so forget that crazy stuff. Amen? He's not working to try to help anything. He's been stirred up by the enemy in this plan to try to go totally insane to do what the enemy wants him to do. Amen? Do y'all get this? The enemy wants him to blow up and make it look like Babylon. And then there's so many Christians going along with this, with that. If it's gonna, it's not gonna happen because God is not now. Amen. Okay. And there's a lot of reasons to know that, but we won't get into all that. All right. So, well, how I'm sitting here worshiping, the Lord's going, go look at this, go look at this. So I'm like, okay. So, look down here. Um, 2 Samuel 12:5. Now, now after Na after Nathan sent by Holy Spirit explains the situation of how evil this thing is. Now, David can see it 
because it's about someone else. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said to Nathan, as the Lord lives, the man that has done this thing shall surely die. Now, David's releasing a curse on himself. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. And Nathan said to David, now get this, okay, get this. David knows the power of a true prophet. Amen. He's, he's not playing around with prophets that miss it. Amen. He's playing. He knows this is a prophet sent by God that knows everything. And, and David, David was so caught up in his own delusion. Whew, David was so caught up and he was, mm, that what he was doing was okay. Amen. That he couldn't even see. Just, the, just seeing a prophet should have been enough to make him fall on his face and repent. But he was so caught up in the delusion. He was so caught up in the delusion that he began to believe his lies. Amen. How many know the devil can play that kind of stuff on people's minds? And that's where the nations are right now. That's where politicians are right now. That's where a lot of people are. They actually believe that they're doing a greater good. They actually believe they're false vision of, of them dominating the world is going to be better for everybody. They actually believe that, you guys, okay? They, they're so deceived. They're not thinking we just want more money. Who needs more money than the billions they have? Amen? Not, none of, nothing about finances touches them unless somehow all that drains, amen? But they're all working together. Anyway, so the bottom line is, the bottom line is they moved into their delusion and it took a real profit coming and setting up scenario and letting them know that God knows what's going on. So we need to be praying into the situations of leaders in the world that true prophets would rise up with true authority and tell them what's going on. Amen. And get them with their own mouth to see it. Now, only those who will humble themselves before that and cry out to God, we'll have a change of heart. Amen? So we need to believe for that to happen for some of these leaders. Amen? All right. And he, shall, and he says, um, so the Lord tells what's going to happen to the person who's done this, which we know is David. Nathan says to David, that you are the man, says the Lord God of Israel. I've anointed you the king over Israel. I delivered you out of the hand of Saul. I gave you your master's house, the master's wife's, I put into your bosom and gave you the house of Israel, of Judah. And if that wasn't enough for you, I would have given you more. Now, Nathan is saying, thus saith the Lord, David, you listen to me. And God decided, I'm going to go speak directly. Now, let me say something. When this is a true prophet speaking, he's not sitting there making evil threats. He's showing his faithfulness. He's showing that he's seen everything. He's actually, actually putting it in this person's face to try to get some true repentance. Amen? He also makes it clear all that he's blessed him with. All that he's blessed him with. He says, but you have despised the commandment of the Lord and you've done this evil in my sight. You have killed U-R-I-A-H. How would you say that? Uriah. With the sword. You've taken his wife to be your wife. You've slain him with the sword 
of the children of Ammon, which is a son of Lot. Now, therefore, okay, here's the curse. Okay, here's the curse. Therefore, the sword shall never depart from your house because you have despised me and you have taken the wife of another to be your wife, says the Lord. Behold, I will raise up evil against you out of your own house and I will take your wives before your own eyes, give them unto your neighbor, and he shall lie with the wives in the sight of the, the son. Because of what you did in secret, but I will do this thing before all of Israel. And David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, the Lord has put away thy sin, and you shall not die. I want you to see this. Because he was hanging on to the evil and denying what God has shown him. Amen. He cursed himself. Can I tell you all something? Where you've cursed yourself, you need to break the power of that. Anything that's come out of your mouth in a tough situation or being accused or judging someone else. Ho! Judging someone else. David thought he was judging someone else, but because that same sin was in his heart, he was opening the door for the enemy to do the same thing to him. Can I get an amen? If that doesn't make you want to repent of judging anything, something's wrong with you. Amen? So let's just do that right now. Lord Jesus, forgive me for all the things I've judged, even just in conversation, not even thinking them through. I ask you to forgive me. I ask for mercy. And I ask you to break the power of those judgments. Even as you did for David when he repented before you. Amen. Man, I felt that. Some of y'all just got spared some mess. Anyhow, probably me too. Amen. All right. Phew. Because of this deed, you've given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. And so therefore the child that's within, the child that is yours shall surely die. And what, what God is saying to David, remember the blood of Christ wasn't available yet, amen? But we're seeing the circumstances that happen to people have to do with their own sin. And if everybody would finally get a hold of that, we could start asking God to get things out of our hearts. Amen. And we could get real before God. He's the same God. We're the same kind of human beings that they had back then. Amen. The only difference is we can actually bring these things to God, but we have to see them and repent to bring them to God. And if we don't, they're going, the enemy can use them anytime in our life to try to destroy us. Amen. That's why God wants an altar. So what we call Tuesday night is our altar. I mean, we've been having an altar in this ministry for 30 years. Lord, show us us. Get this out of our hearts. Lord, we don't. Everybody blames God for stuff. Good gosh, people. It's not God's fault. At all. And the church needs to start preaching the true word of God in a deeper revelation so that people can get healed. And people are so bitter asking, why did this happen? I had a guy ask me that in a restaurant, one of my dad's friends, and I explained him why it happens. And he's like, that makes sense. It's time to preach the truth, amen? We have a good God, but we're going we're gonna to reap what we've sown, amen? God won't be mocked. Thank God for repentance. Repentance changed this 
from him dying to the child that was put through sin in this woman and then covered up and then the husband covered up and and David even wanted I guarantee you David wanted that child to disappear amen right okay anybody who's ever gotten pregnant or thought you were pregnant or any guy who thought maybe he got somebody pregnant and you weren't married or it wasn't you there is those crazy thinking oh I wish uh I wish I'd have a miscarriage or whatever. Okay, you need to break the power of that if you've ever done that, amen? That opens the door for Satan to touch a child in your future or a grandchild in your future or somebody in the future because you, you released a curse of death, amen? Can I get an amen? Okay, so if you need to repent for that, take a few seconds and do it and mean it. Okay, amen. Because you need to take this stuff seriously. I've already repented of this kind of thing for years. So, and a lot of people this ministry have, but for some people, this is like new. Amen? Whatever is floating around out there unrepented of, Satan has authority to use it against you. You can't get in fear about it. Only Holy Spirit is the one who can lead you there and get it out of your heart. Amen? But you have to make room for him to do that. All right. All right, Nathan departed unto his house and the Lord struck the child. Okay, I believe when it says the Lord struck the child because God cannot do evil, right? This is, a, this is a real judgment and I believe Satan carries out these judgments. Now let's say if God does do it, then it's fine because he can do what he wants. He's God, amen? And there's a big difference between a judgment and the Lord doing evil. Judgments are not evil. Judgments are things that are deserved. And by God's mercy and because of the blood of the lamb, we can get free from his judgments through repentance. Amen? But this is old covenant. It's a different covenant. We don't have time to get in all that. All right. Anyway, so we, we know the story. So David cried and fasted and everybody was really concerned about him. Nobody yet knew, nobody ever knew until the word was written what went on. Okay? And then we all know the story. The baby died, and he got up, washed his face, and worshiped the Lord. And they're like, what happened? Why, why all of a sudden this turn of heart? Because he knew now it was over. And now he knew, I, I'll have to go to the baby one day. He can't come back to me. Amen? So there's a really good lesson in this. You pray until there's no point left to pray. David knew the heart of God, and he knew if I intercede and pray enough, then God may do this thing for me. Amen? All right. Now, let's go on a little bit. I just want you to see all that. I wanted you to see the curses so that you know when all this stuff happened with his children, um, you see what I'm saying? He was cursed. Because of his sin. Jesus Christ died for our sins. We need to recognize them and take repentance extremely seriously. Amen. Our nation would not be in the mess that it's in if the church was repentive. If the church wasn't all about going to nothing but concerts and and pep rallies and fun things that, that are fun to attend. And I like those too, amen? 
but if the church would get serious about repentance. What does he say? If my people called by my name, Christians would humble themselves. Lord, what, what have I done? Lord, what, how do you want to change my heart? What's going on with this? Turn from their ways. Seek his, seek his face. Lord, I want a relationship with you. I want to know you personally. I want everything out of my heart that's in the way of that. Turn from their wicked ways because when you're seeking his face, not just keeping your job and keeping your houses and, and your family being okay. He doesn't say seek, seek that. He says, seek his face. I want to know you, God. I want to know you. I want to hang out with you. So get everything out of me that's in the way of that. And when I humble myself like that and he comes and gets everything out, amen, then I turn from that wicked way. I don't want anything to do with anyone. I don't want anything to do with judging anymore, amen? Then he's going to heal our land. It's a promise. My prayer is, please, church, wake up. Let's get serious about what God's serious about, amen? All right. So here in 2 Samuel 13, 1, and I'm saying this because now you're going to begin to see why there was so much mess in David's house. And I want to encourage you, if you've got a house with a lot of mess in it, like, like I have in the past, amen, and I know some of you, we need to plead the blood and break generational curses, amen? Amen? You need to break generational curses that could come on your family and your children and your children's children. Amen? Because why? Because I am, I, I am now in the family of God. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. All that stuff is passed away as far as being held against me and my family. Amen? Amen? Now, most of us didn't know that when stuff came along and whammed us. Amen? But it's time to grow up and get it. You guys get this. You're young still. Break the power of every generational curse. Amen. Everything that could pass on from anywhere and anything. Let me, let me just speak this over those who are uh, still in any kind of bondage to trying to know their ancestry. Quit trying to dig up your ancestry, plead the blood of Christ over, break every generational curse, and become that new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen. Satan wants to dig up our ancestry, so all, we're, we're almost opening up our hearts to say, come and get us with every demonic curse that there is out there. Amen? Let me have every curse from my great-great-great-great-great-grandmother, because I'd have to go back that far to find out where I'm from for, for those who were brought, ancestors were brought over as slaves. You'd have to go back so far. You want to open all that up? It's hard enough. It's bad enough for me to break generational curses for the family I know. You can't break generational curses and then go back and try to dig it up. If you do, then break it again. Amen. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? That's why the enemy is trying so difficult to make you think that you don't know who you are. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away. I don't have to go back to how far back. I don't care if I'm, I'm a daughter of the American Revolution or whatever, different things, different people in our family all got involved in and all went through some horrible things or whatever. It doesn't matter to me. Amen? I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus, and he has me living in the United States of America, and that's where he had me born. Amen? And if he had you born somewhere else and you moved here, praise God. And if your kids are born here, then praise God. Does everybody get what I'm saying? Satan is doing everything to open up generational curses. He's done a really good job at it. Go check out what some of those 
past ancestors actively participated in that you've opened the door for and then quit blaming somebody else for the violence that's hitting your communities. Quit wondering why is abortion so big? We got to go back and bust this stuff. Amen? At the roots. All right. So here we go. All right. It came to pass after this that Absalom, the son of David, had a fair sister, Tamar. Now, Tamar's name means one who stands straight or like a palm tree, which is like a good thing. It's someone who's living right, palm tree. I want you to understand something about Tamar. Now, I'm not great on history, so um, Travis or somebody who's studied this would know better. But from my understanding, if you were the daughter the fair daughter of King David, you were looking at a great future. You were looking at marrying somebody more than likely in royalty. You were looking at having everything you could ever want, all the honor possible. Amen? And Amnon decides that he loves her. Now we all know this is basic. This word for love actually is for sexual love. He wanted to sleep with her. He lusted after her. Remember how we talked about uh, stuff happens in your head and then you get it in your heart? It had gotten into his heart that no matter what, he had to have her. He was convinced he loved her. Amen? Um, he was actually vexed. He actually came under a demonic spirit with this thinking. He was actually sick because of this. He's actually mentally ill. He actually became mentally unstable because he would not get this thought out of his mind. Now, let me tell you what. People think you can play with pornography, but you can't. There's not a single person out there who went and murdered or raped a young child or is in trafficking who didn't first open the doors exactly like this person had. The big thing in, in the world today with, um, with the internet and all is you can do this really fast, grow really fast in the demonic and, and, and just absorb it. So, so don't think that these leaders, even elitists that are into sex trafficking and everything, they got there the same way anybody else would. Amen? And they're not exempt from it because they have a lot of money. They're not protected from it getting in their hearts. Amen? And what are they doing? They want to cover it up, cover it up, cover it up. Guard your hearts. Be responsible parents. Amen? Kids should not have access to the internet. I'm just going to say it. It is crazy to give them access to child pornography, to violence. You, they really shouldn't have full access to the television. For how long? Until they move out of your house. Because you're supposed to protect them. But it needs to be from a heart of protecting them, not a heart of controlling them. My kids aren't sad and hate me because they didn't even watch Star Wars until they were in their 20s or 30s. But I always gave them something better. And they had a lot of time. Let me say this. They had a lot of time with their mother and their father. They weren't stuck in a room. And they'll, don't, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. I'll see you tomorrow. 
we went to their sporting games, or John did, I would evangelize too much, so they didn't care about me going to that. We went camping. We went on boats. We had boats. We went bike riding. We went to family gatherings. We, went to, we had people over all the time. We had kids over to spend the night. Do you understand? We were active, active, active in church, active in warfare. Let me say this. Don't take away stuff if you're not going to give your own time and expect it to work. Amen? It's time for everybody to wake up. Those of us who got through the got our children through the crazies, we were able to protect them, but we gave them so much more. Amen? So get rid of any lie in you that that's what you do, because it's not what you do if you don't give them your time. You're just depriving them, and they don't understand. They don't want to be a Christian because of how you deprive them. Amen? Never make them hate being a Christian. Don't be legalistic and blame it on your religion. All right, that's an extra one I threw in there. All right. So there's a vexing spirit. They fell sick for Tamar. She was a virgin, so he wanted her. And he thought it hard for him to do anything to her. He's trying to figure out. He's scheming. He's plotting. So when this kind of perversion comes in, and I'm saying this because we need to pray for our nation for real, okay? We need to pray for our nation for real. Everybody says, just, we don't want anything back the way it was. Amen? The church doesn't even know for the most part how to help somebody if they really did bring them out of trafficking. Just forgive. You're talking about healing. You're talking about going healing the heart. You're talking about changing the stuff they put in their minds. You're talking about getting demons out of their spirit. You're talking about so much true ministry just to begin to help them to be okay. I don't know why the church thinks we're there. We have not arrived. Amen. We've barely started. That's how I know he's not coming soon because he's going to come from a perfected bride and she's hard to find. Amen? All right. Ammon had a friend. This is the part I was connecting to those who were here this morning. This is the first place where this Jonadab shows up. So he's a really bad guy. All right? So Jonadab shows up and now remember though, remember though, he wasn't the one who came up with the deep lustful thoughts of wanting something he shouldn't have. Amen? That came out of the heart of Ammon. That came from a generational curse. Are y'all seeing all the stuff we get to pray Friday night? Amen? We've got to go bust the generational curses over our nation. Amen? Ho! We've got to bust the generational curses over our nation. We've got to bust, bust out the lies over our nation, amen, that originated even in the hearts of our founding fathers for real. Amen? Ho! We got to plead the blood over that. Not judge them, but break the power of those things that come through, through our systems. Amen? All right. So Ammon has a friend. He didn't need this friend. whose name was Jonadab. Okay who is 
When it says David's brother, here's talking about a very good friend of their family, very close, like somehow kin. Now this guy was very cunning, very able to figure out evil schemes. Remember we, the Lord says, everything that defiles you comes out of the heart and, and it starts with evil thoughts. So I've asked God, get this out of my heart. I used to be able to figure out how to manipulate things. I mean, I, I was really pretty good at it. And I used to figure out what I, because I have a real gift to solve problems. I really have a problem solving gift. As soon as I think of a problem, I already start trying to solve it. And the Lord says, look, I don't want you solving problems. I want to solve problems through you. So I had to renounce that. That can make you really wealthy in real estate. It can make you really wealthy in any kind of sales. It can, it can make you be able to, and, and the world looks at that like, yay. You know what I'm saying? So we need to pray. I know that there's somebody who I think is president who really has that. And we need to begin to pray some of these things, that God gets a hold of these things. Amen? Amen? And that he gets it out of our hearts. Look at all the things we can repent of just right here. All right. So this guy who is, he's a friend of Ammon. Ammon has the lustful, he, he's vexed. He's like, he's like one of the ground players in this. So whoever is a ground player in setting up what we call the deep state, amen, whether they're still alive or not, wherever that, that main spirit is, amen, that spirit gets people around it who thinks I can help you with this, who has a way of uh, coming up with schemes, and Jonah, Jonah dad, Jonah dad was one of them. He said to him, well, you're, you're the king's son, right? Tell me, tell me what this problem is. Just tell me, I'm going to help you. And so he tells him how much he loves Tamar, his brother Absalom's sister. The reason he says it that way, they had different mothers. And Jonah dad said unto him, well, okay, here's what you do. And he gave him a scheme. He gave him how to do this. Look, he set it up. So it wasn't Amnon on his own. So when we're talking about the, that God gets a hold of the, John, John Adabs, however you say his name. Amen? We're talking about the very people who schemed, okay? Not the people who originally came up with the mess, but the people who were brought into the mess and used their minds to try to help these people. See, he's saying, I know you're the king, son. In other words, you've got a lot of power. So we want God to get a hold of the people who've had the scheming, who are going to be able to tell the whole situation and clear everything up. And that's what you'll see that John, John Adab did, we talked about earlier, a, a next chapter, you're going to see where when David thought all his sons were dead and Absalom had had Amnon killed and all this, it was him who knew everything and just said it to David, right? And, and he knew when it was planned. This got planned when after, um, Absalom planned this after Amnon raped Tamar. And he just said it right to David. So he was really in on everything. We want these people who are in on everything, but not the vexed people, so to speak, who are completely evil. We want these other people 
to come forth and start telling what really is going on with the vaccine, what really is going on with, with, uh, with that quote plague, what really is going on with the election, what really is going See, these are the people who helped, but not the people who really benefit that much or wanted it to happen. I, they weren't, they, they were just, they were just helping because they're around somebody powerful. Does everybody get what I'm saying? So that's who God this morning had us pray that they would begin to come forward and tell the whole story. Amen. And then when I, I looked, I followed, uh, this person's only talked about in this chapter. They're, they're rarely mentioned. There's the only time this name is mentioned again is with Jeremiah. It's a different person. Okay. And so for the Lord to show us this, to, to release everything we need to release over the situation for our nation is in the life of David. But I want you to see something here. This is going to help some of you who, who, um, who, who the enemy is able to get his hooks in to try to change and control you or vice versa. So he's telling him what to do. So he tells her what to do and how to have her bake it and get close enough to eat it from her hand. Can you all imagine in America today, we'd like, brother, you better shut up. You know, like, I ain't getting near your hand. Are you kidding? Unless there's some real mess going on in that family. Amen? I, I want you to see this. I want you to see two things that happened here to get free. And we've talked some, God has really given us this David stuff, right? All right. All right. So Haman lay down and made himself sick. When the king was come to see him, he said to the king, I pray, please let tomorrow my sister come and make me a couple of cakes in my sight that I may eat at her hand. Well, David should have realized this is kind of weird. But remember, David is so uh, not doing anything to really guide his children. Amen. And part of it is a curse over him. And part of it is he just, his way of handling things was just pretend it didn't happen. Just look the other way. So here he's set up by this brother. And later on, he's set up by Absalom, isn't he? To kill his brother. Right? Talk about a mess. And yet David had a heart after God. Let's leave what people, what's in people's hearts up to God. Amen? I want you to see this, though. David sent home to Tamar saying, okay, I want you to really see this. It wasn't like Amnon just called Tamar and said, hey, come on over. David, the king, Tamar's father, and I don't know that I know this, but I believe more than likely in that because he was a king, a very powerful king, okay, a very, very powerful king, like let's say world leader, even his children, back then children honored and respected their parents a lot different than we do today in America. Amen? So there would be a great respect for his position besides it being her father. Amen? And as far as I can tell, they don't really know that I can tell, and I may be wrong, but I don't know that they know about Bathsheba and all that their dad went through. Amen? They, they knew the baby died, but I don't know that they knew the other stuff. I don't know. But either way, I think they had high honor for him. So when David would go to the trouble and all that he's doing to say, hey, Tamar, your brother needs somebody to go take care of him. Go over there and, and make him a cake and, and feed him and help him get well. Amen. So the enemy, 
starts conniving and using people that you would normally trust. So we want to get out of our hearts of being those people that somebody would trust and then Satan uses us to hurt somebody. Amen? So that's another thing to pray. Get that out of my heart, God. Don't let me be someone who uses my influence to set up things where somebody else can then hurt someone. How many see this all in our government? Everywhere, everywhere. In the church, right? The whole covering doctrine is full of this mess. Amen? And so God's like busting us apart, so we've got to pray it. So Friday night we'll be praying a lot of these things. Everybody remember, amen? Today we're just revealing it. Okay? I encourage you this week, get these things out of your heart. Tuesday night, we'll probably talk over some of these things. Amen? All right. You don't want to be the parent that's like David. You don't want to be the friend that's like David. You don't want to be someone who has influence, influence that they trust, and then you're set up by someone you care about, lying to you and conniving, who have other plans. And many times when there is um, sexual sin in a household, especially a parent or a step-parent or something like this, all this stuff is in operation, amen? This stuff is so deep in our society. Quit fooling ourselves. And it's in good, quote, good families and poor families. It's, it's in everything, amen? And it, God is going, if everybody thinks God's going to bring down this mess in politics without bringing it down in people's homes and in the church, we're wrong. We need to quit covering up. If you need to go to jail, get your tail in jail. Amen? Maybe you'll find God there. We've got to quit being the Savior because we aren't. Amen? So you're watching here. David is not thinking this through. He obviously has forgot the curse over him. So here, Tamar says, okay. She maybe wouldn't have said that if the, if, if, if the brother called her and said, hey, can you come over? I'm sick and bring me a cake. She probably said, get up and get your own cake. You got enough money. You're royalty. Get some, one of the servants. And then she might have just been a really nice person who would have done it no matter what. We don't know, do we? All we know about her, she was a palm tree. <laughs> she was strong. That's what he's saying. That's what the name means. And so when you sang about the roots going down, that's all I kept thinking is she had deep roots that would go down into things of God and the enemy came in to destroy her. All right. You need to make sure you're not a David in this sense. You want to be a David in, after God's heart. You don't want to be a David and somebody, even in your family or someone else, can use your influence to help set up the sin they want to participate in. Can I get an amen? This entire story is really about helping us get free from co-dependencies. Amen? To get free from it. And everybody needs to get all of it out of our hearts. And it's going to always try to come back. How many know, How many's noticed God going deeper in stuff we've done before? And just clearing it out. How many wants him to clear it out? Okay. So, David's sent home to Tamar saying, Go now to your brother Ammon's house and dress him meat. So Tamar went to her brother Ammon's house. And he was all laying down, acting sick. And she made the cakes in his sight and baked the cakes. And she took a pan and poured them out before him, but he refused to eat. 
This is so bad. And Ammon said, have out. Then he said, get everybody out of here except Tamar. Okay. This would have been a really good place to say, why is he making everybody get out of here? But Tamar's trusting that her dad wouldn't send her there. Her mom wouldn't leave her there. Her brother wouldn't set that up. Do you understand what I'm saying? Her friend wouldn't have anything to do with that. Look how, they, look how this whole thing with the person who... Um, we, we're talking code. The person who killed himself, but nobody believes it in a jail cell because the guards are all sleeping. Y'all know who I'm talking about. And then the person, she was the one who went on trial, and there's a bunch of mess going on with that, which is all part deep state mess. But remember, she, she was the one that would get them to trust her. She was the one who would come in and take the mother role. She was the one who could see the hurt places and then set them up for this mess. Amen? Okay, why am I saying this? Because this is what we're really breaking, okay? God is not as concerned what you're paying for gas as he is what's going on with the children in our nation. What's going on with the children crossing the border and disappearing in the middle of the night? Do you understand what I'm saying? God's like, care about what I care about and I'll take care of you. I'll take care of you no matter what. If you're his, he's gonna take care of you. In the midst of everything, for real, if you get this junk out of your heart, you're gonna be okay. God's not trying to make you okay. He's trying to make this nation holy. He's trying to draw back to him. He's trying to save this nation. Amen? So we got to see what he wants us to see. Instead of these light, the same prayers for two years, has anything hardly happened yet except for the explosion? Everything we've prayed's happened, hasn't it? But he's given us detail by detail by detail by detail. I'm not saying we're the only ones, but I know how we're praying. <laughs> all right so then he gets everybody out of the room then he says to her anyway he sets it up to rape her all right now i want you to see this she in um second Samuel 13 10 tamar took the cakes which she had made and brought them into the chamber to her brother when she brought them in chamber is kind of like the bedroom when she had brought them into him to eat he took hold of her and said to her come lie with me my sister Okay, at this point, she should have screamed as loud as she could have and ran as fast as she could. Amen? But that part of her that's being, of course, they don't know the Holy Spirit like we do. Okay, so it's different too. But that part of her still trusting her dad. What's going on here? Why, why, I, I'm just helping him. He's sick. What's going on here? Now she's shocked. Okay. So the first time the enemy tries to hurt you, he, he's going to shock you so he can take authority. You need to get all the stuff out of your heart. I don't care who you are. The enemy's up to some really evil stuff these days. You think that person on the internet is saying nice things to you or to our kids. Amen? They're setting you up. They're really setting you up. They're trying to make you trust them. And the sad thing is so many kids don't trust their parents that they trust some stranger on the internet who talks to them two or three or four weeks or whatever and sets them up and makes them think, you can trust me. We have got to go back and get rid of this garbage. And the number one thing is, where are the parents not hanging out and loving their own kids? 
Your job is not that important. Buy a smaller house if you have to. Quit buying this, that, and the other. Take the bus if you have to. Everything in life is about relationships. Everything in life is about relationships. That doesn't mean every mother has to stay home or can. It means when you are home, you are their mom. It means you work the minimum that you have to work or somebody in the family or the father and the mother split it and you make sure, the ki- let me see, the kids are a priority. They're not the number one priority. God is number one and your husband is number two unless he does something to hurt your kids and then he is out the door, out the door. Can I say it louder? Out the door. Amen? Because this is spiritual. They're going to repent a hundred times. That's why God gives permission for divorce when there is adultery. How much more? He may, actually, God's, this is Jesus. This is new covenant. Jesus says, it would be better for you to take a gigantic stone and jump in the water with it around your neck. Okay, so that everybody knows that's how he feels about traffic, those who traffic kids. We're trying to be the goody, goody, cutesy, cutesies, and we're not even saying what Jesus says. Amen? He's saying, you better, you better stop. You'd be better off to not hurt a child, to make them not trust me, not be able to be with me. Are you saying God's saying suicide? I'm telling you how serious he is about sin, uh, how serious he is about cut off your hands. And he's not kidding. And basically, it's better for you to go to hell than for you to take a bunch of other people with you when you go to hell. That's what he's saying. But by his spirit, you can really get away from this mess. Praise God. And not hurt a child or tear up your family. Amen? I know. I, I just, I preach the Bible, dag. Let's have a happy message. It is a happy message if you live holy. Amen? It's powerful to know God. It's awesome to see what the enemy's up to so you can undo it by the power of God because you walk as a person who's holy. Loving Holy Spirit. Hold, let me go. All right, here we go. All right. Now, I want you to see this part. Okay, I want you to see this part. She answers him and says, no, no, brother, don't force me. This should not be done in Israel. Do not do this foolish thing. She says, it'll cause us shame. I won't know where to go. And you will be like a fool. She says, instead, let's speak to the king and he will not withhold me from you. All right. I want you to see this. This is the first time that Tamar is kind of bending. She's basically saying, I will marry this crazy, crazy, demonic, unclean person so that he doesn't shame me. Now, we don't know for sure. Maybe she would have left and not come back. We don't know. But I want you to see this because the Lord showed me how women keep returning or men or children to an abusive situation. Basically, she was willing to return to that abusive situation and marry into it. Thinking somehow that would make it right. 
Marrying into that does not make it go away or make it right. If you've married into an abusive situation, thinking somehow that would make it right, I want you to repent right now, and I want you to get all those things out of your heart. Amen? Because that makes you someone who's going to be drawn to the wrong relationships over and over and over and over. Amen? Amen? Tamar did not give a good answer. Tamar, I'm not judging her. I'm just showing you how codependency didn't work out, right? Amen? He had no intentions of doing an honorable thing. He had no intentions. He didn't really love her. Amen? But she was treating abuse like love. Abuse is not love. If you married a person who abused you before you married them, you did it to Mar. Although it didn't happen, thank God for her. But you see what I'm saying? Can I get an amen? People don't change because you marry them. It just makes the stuff worse. So everybody close your eyes. Light of Holy Spirit. You don't have to. You can open them if you want. Say, Lord Jesus, get everything out of me that got in me trying to keep a relationship that was just wrong. Get it out of my heart. Forgive me for my part in it. Forgive me for how it set anybody up in my family. Forgive me how it set me up for divorce and hurting my children. The Father completely heal me and cleanse me. Break that generational curse off of my children. In Jesus' name. Lord, where that curse has touched my children, I ask you to heal them. I put it in your hands. I break off that guilt that I never understood till now. I break off that shame that I never understood till now. I cancel the whole thing. Because I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. And this thing has passed away today. In Jesus' name. I break it off my kids, grandkids. It cannot cross. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, where some of you have seen it already crossed the line, you need to intercede and pray. But how many know you just got a part of the answer of what you couldn't understand? Amen? Amen? I'm not making stuff up, right? This is right in the Bible. This is a code of really messed up family. And yet God loved David, right? All right. We don't have time to do a whole lot more. Um, let me see. Let me just go this one part for those who, let me get it on the teaching. All right. He wouldn't listen. He was stronger. He forced her. He raped her. Now, this is the part we talked about before that we're going to end today on. But this is so powerful that God gave us. Amnon hated her exceedingly. He hated her more than, he hated her with a greater hate than he had ever lusted after her or thought he loved her. And, and he said, get out of here. 
And she said, there's no cause. The evil in sending me away is greater than what you've done to me. But he would not listen to her. And then he called his servants and he said, put her out now. Put this woman out from me and close the door after her. Okay, we don't have time to get into this. Maybe we'll do it next Sunday. But you'll see, you'll see what Tamar went through that caused her shame. You'll see where she took on a spirit of heaviness. You see where basically how she handled this caused her to never get over this. And we don't have time. We don't have time today. Maybe we'll do it Tuesday night or else next Sunday. Somebody remember where I ended so I can remember because it's kind of hard to leave everybody like this, but it's getting late. Okay, I want you to see something though. I want you to see this. It is a spiritual law, and we talked about this. This is the main law that happened at the Civil War. Okay, I said this earlier. Quit blaming slavery for the racism that we have in our nation today. It is not true. Slavery was taken care of. The Lord had Abraham Lincoln come. More blood was shed to set the slaves free than any blood in American history. And God says, it's enough. The problem comes after that. The problem comes when Ammon, who had done something wrong. So slave owners who had done something wrong, they had done something wrong. They thought people were their possession. They may have treated them well, but they still did something wrong. They took people and they took the place of God in their life. Amen? So what happened was, and this is what the devil does, when you are confronted with, your, with something wrong in your heart, amen, Ammon was confronted with something wrong that he had done. And it caused him, instead of repenting, asking forgiveness, trying to make it right, coming back to a sound mind, what did he do? He hated her and blamed her. Now, I'll just say this. If you're in an abusive situation with your children, with your spouse, with whoever, do you understand what I'm saying? With a boyfriend, girlfriend, it's that same thing. You're trying to convince them they're not so bad It's you. Get rid of all that mess, amen? But I want you to see this, what we're really fighting and what the church has got to wake up and do. To stop racism, which is black, and it's really mainly blacks whose ancestry goes back to slavery against whites whose... Um, ancestry goes back to, to living in the South at that time, but even in, in other places. And it's based on when Abraham Lincoln, when they set people free, the church did not move in to start to bring healing. Let me tell you something. We had better move in to bring healing to immigrants. We, the, hmm. There are a lot of people coming through that are being told, they're basically being told it's legal by, quote, the president, right? Why wouldn't you come? Why wouldn't you come and try to get your family here instead of somewhere? We better as a church see this as an opportunity to get people saved, set free, healed, delivered without having to have airline tickets. Amen? We need to start praying that God gives us opportunity to reach these people. Amen? That people start learning the languages so they can go in and reach these people. Amen? And I know there's a lot of other things. We prayed against terrorism, and it was powerful, powerful on Friday night. Like super amazing, powerful. Amen? So we're going to do our warfare in the heavenlies. But you have to treat these things right. Okay? It is wrong what's happening. But it'll make them hate you. If you 
keep harping on how wrong they are. Does anybody get what I'm saying? So there's been a harping on how racist the South is, how racist white people are. And, and then when it was kind of going away because it was being shown, the next generation wasn't thinking like that and everybody was getting free and there was a black president and all this stuff was happening. The enemy's then like, we've got to get this stirred up again. And so he digs deep and brings back hurt places and bitter roots and things that weren't dealt with. But the Lord's telling me with this scripture, you've got to go back to where it was done wrong because if we're going to see this nation change, amen, to what God wants, we'll handle it different instead of hating because we're, hate, because we're guilty or somebody else shaming us because of what ancestors did or whatever. Do you see what I'm saying? It wasn't handled right. And that's what we got to pray that when God puts the people he wants in position in all of these elections coming up and in 2024, amen, we want people in there who will be broken by God to bring healing, not just put this off for another four years. Can I get an amen? How many know we got to pray? How many know we got to get it out of our hearts first? Amen. You've got to quit being a Republican or Democrat. You've got to become a person hearing God and doing what he wants for our nation. Amen? Amen. And mean it. And yes, you can see where the devil's got his hand in things. And he does have his hand more in one political party than the other because they're killing babies. But it doesn't mean that the hearts in the other party wouldn't kill babies too if it was beneficial to them. Can I get an Amen. So we want the hearts to change. We want God to put real people in there that will hear his spirit. Amen? Not hypocrites that call themselves Christians because they are, but they're infants. But people that God can really, really move in. And so, so that's powerful. We need to start praying that. Lord, how can we be part of the healing to stop this hate? How can we be part of bringing the church to true repentance I can't repent for something I didn't do. And I don't even know if my ancestors did. Amen? But I can repent for my attitude about stuff. I can repent for the stuff I let people say around me. I can repent for stereotypes that jump up in my mind. Amen? But guess what? That works on everybody involved. Because that's where the church is at. That's where we're at the altar. And that's what brings real unity. Not this divided pretend thing. Amen? How many get excited when God shows us all this to know he's really working in the church and in the nation? He really wants us free. He's also preparing us to help an entire generation that are tired of us. They're tired of the church. They don't like the church. They know the hypocrisy. They know what their parents say at home or what they do. They know they've been through divorce. They know they've been through this. They know that didn't work out. They, they know all this. Amen. They also... Just because I've been asked, Lord, give me revelation to help the next generation. Because if we don't get the next generation completely seriously, not just at concerts and having a good time, which is great. There are Christian kids and there are some really meeting Christ head on. Amen. Thank God. I'm not. But there's a lot more that have been so, and even people call them Christian, so brainwashed, honestly, with demonic evil thoughts from media and school and what they're teaching and what they're doing. And they this is what you guys don't get as we're praying. And I want you to get this, especially if you have a teenager or you have a kid. Or you have a kid. They have a secret world with their social media, okay? Okay, their friends are on there. And they can say what they want and do what they want, and they don't listen to you. 
That's why they're not in church after they don't have to be. Now, if they're still living in your home, I'd really pray about some wisdom of what to do. You can't control them. You've got to give them the relationship. You've got to help them get healed. You've got to help them to see. But there's, they're watching and looking at junk. Amen? I mean, I know. I'd be here. I know there was kids sitting on that, and I knew they were looking at garbage right in this church. There's so much sexual sin. Most of them start at 13, people. Most of them have had so many people they've slept with now, you'd be shocked. You ought to take them and have them tested for disease. So you can start praying for healing. Maybe a creative miracle would help them. Because you can't help something you're blind to. You just enable it. But you can't help them by getting in their face with it. And that's what the Lord's been telling me. You can't change people by getting in their face with where they should be ashamed. Which was one of my things for posting on Facebook. Like, can't they see a whole baby being murdered by its parents is evil? Let me tell you, the only way we're going to win this generation that has been yes for abortion and really yes for abortion is not to shame them about how horrible abortion is. We're going to have to be led by God to have a way, because I believe God is going to reverse Roe versus Wade. There's already happening. This is what the real battle's about, by the way. This is what the real battle's about. But if we stay on our high horse and tell them how evil and horrible they are, which I know you guys don't because somebody in here had abortion, but we won't talk about that. But the bottom line is, what is in the heart of somebody who would do that? What is going on? Where have they missed it? Why do they not feel loved? Why do they think life isn't worth anything? Why do they think you won't support them? Why do they think that, that, uh, th that killing somebody is okay? Where's the generational roots to that? Where's the, where, where's the thing behind that? See, they've, they've formed their own social group and it just happens to be that one of the political platforms feeds that because they know they're the upcoming voters. Give, give it a generation, people, and I don't care. We're, we're going back to disgusting unless God moves, unless the church grows up and wakes up. How do we win? One thing, we need some young people who will come in and tell the truth, some people who will get free and then come and say, let me show you how it really works. Let me show you what's going on. And I don't care what school system you're in. We know firsthand of school systems that people think are great school systems who have secret things on, on, on the iPad keys that only the parents don't get in and they let the kids uh, say they're the other gender. They try to make them think they're the other gender. They let them be. They make it look like we're trying to hold you in bondage if you don't get to experiment. They are completely in our schools taught that they should have sexual experimentation. They really believe you shouldn't marry someone until you sleep with them so you'll see if you're compatible. They totally believe that. Okay, while we're sitting here singing church songs and acting like it's great. Amen? This is a strong demonic belief system against God that has been sown into every single person, probably under what? Definitely under 30, but probably under 35. And we just all have church. And they sit here bored and sing and act like they're okay. And it starts with the parents. 
You've got to live something before God that your kids want. You've got to have a real relationship where they call you and really talk to you. You have to have a relationship where if you say no, they're not going to manipulate and kind of control you. Amen? You've got to get free. You've got to get free. And the only way you get free is to put your heart before the Lord and deal with real issues. Everybody. Everybody. And that's something God has just had us in the forefront of doing for all these years, ever since I had the revelation that my daughter, the enemy, was able to kill her right in front of me because I had greeted my heart. And there's no condemnation. I did have greed in my heart. He showed me why. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, this is extremely scriptural. And the church has never been ready for this message until now. I encourage you, if you haven't read Joy Comes in the Morning in a while, go read it now. Wow, I was reading it the other day. It's so powerful. I thought, my gosh, Lord, this book is for now. It really is. I'm writing another book. I'm raising the dead, which I've actually started. Praise God. Are we to raise the dead? How do we raise the dead? It's not just a bunch of head knots. It's real things about six or seven times when I've been in that situation. When, did God, when was it no and when was it yes and what was the difference? And am I anywhere near satisfied with how many times? It, the main yes should be when people don't know God. Or they've yet to live. There's so many lies we have to break. There's so many lies we have to break. We have to break the lie that life isn't worth living. So why wouldn't you abort a baby and let it go straight to heaven if that's what you think happens? Why would you risk putting it in a family that might hurt it when you can send it straight to heaven? Because the church preaches like that, like it goes straight to heaven. I don't have a scripture that tells me that. Are you saying it doesn't? I'm saying I don't have a scripture to know. I do know this, if their name isn't written in the Lamb's Book of Life, you just took everything from them. Well, the age of accountability, who made that up? Is God merciful? Yes. Is he faithful? Yes. If you had an abortion, do I believe your child's going to be there? I believe they'd be there. And the reason would be because if you had found God and you were serious about God, they would have gotten saved, and he knew that when you aborted them. Can I get an amen? See, we don't understand. People think like that because we don't see God's purpose of life. He wants them to choose. He wants us to choose so much that in the book of Revelations, he said he's going to put you in situations like being thrown up out of his mouth to make you choose. He wants those kids to have the choice, not their mothers. But we have to understand the importance of life. We have to understand what it's about. We have to quit thinking that the people in India who are so poor they can hardly eat don't have anything to live for. We've got to change our thinking. We've got to change our American way of thinking about life. It's all about relationships. It's all about relationships. It's not about can you take care of them or not. If I knew it was about relationships and I really understood that, then I probably wouldn't give in to sexual sin when it's all about lust and pleasure and selfishness or trying to fit in. 
if I realize, look, this, this relationship's about relationship. And when it's done God's way, it's going to produce little people to have a relationship with. We have to change everything, you guys. See, God is doing his reset, amen? Ho! And it's not what the enemy's thinking. I'm going to tell you this. God's going to show off, and he's going to have a church that's going to make the book of Acts look weak. We don't have that yet. The main reason Christ isn't returning now is because he has not yet poured out his spirit in such a measure that his people will be completely changed. But we have to pray it. We have to see it. We have to want it to come and we have to quit being okay with the junk in our hearts that needs to come out. I cannot wait. I hope I live long enough to see a church without spot or wrinkle, a bride without spot or wrinkle, at least half, according to the parable, half of the people who are born again, at least half have got to get to a place of perfection in Christ. How many say we have a ways to go? How many know Holy Spirit can do it fast, though? Amen? How many want to be part of being changed and helping change others? Amen? For real. we got to see what the real picture is right now. We're having the biggest shaking. It's amazing how he calls the shakings that like labor pains. Because he's going to birth something major and he's going to birth his bride and then his bride without spot or wrinkle is going to have a powerful powerful time of bringing in a harvest and there's going to be more and more harvest as this is happening why because the bride is going to start being more what he wants her to be amen the more she looks like him the more people are going to get saved in the early church when he started this all out before everybody fell away thousands got saved at a day Thousands got saved at a day, amen, without, without televisions and, and microphones and stuff, amen? How powerful is that? Somebody dies in church because of the, the Holy Spirit takes them out because they're lying, and thousands get saved, and everybody respects what's going on. Well, right now, nobody respects what's going on. There's a lot of mocking. God's going to change all that, just so you know. He's not going to change it because of us. He's going to change it because of him. And if he has to let a whole generation go into the dark ages and start with another generation, he will. He's got forever. He's really got forever. We aren't like his special little favorite ones. He loves everybody, unconditionally the same. But you know what? I think he found some people who want to do this now. I think he found some people who aren't satisfied with church as it is or aren't satisfied with their hearts as it is. I think he's found some people who wants their hearts to begin to believe his word no matter what. Who I, I want, I'm, I've always been kind of like that David in the part of wanting to take down Goliath. Amen? And I want to take the head off of racism and I want to take the head off of this perversion attacking our children. Amen. I want to take the head off of those things. And the place we're going to take the head off first is a counterfeit headship in the church called covering. You put everybody under demonic covering so people aren't intimate with the Lord so they can watch a few leaders who break through the veil. Amen. And then you wonder why everything's anemic while they're sitting there like the elitists saying, well, just do what we say. We'll pray for you. Ask us what you should do. Don't even ask me what you should do. Amen. Ask him what you should do. And if you don't know how to ask him and hear him, come and get free. Paul's so clear. I didn't die for you. He's like, gosh, I hope I didn't baptize too many because these people have gotten nuts. They've been bewitched. 
Well, we're like in an entire church system that's bewitched. <laughs> an entire church that's bewitched. And we expect a bride to come out of that? We expect a spotless, glorious representation of Christ, full of love for the Lord, to come out of the kind of uh, what we recognize and think is normal. We can put this on the radio. God told me you're not going to be shy about this anymore. Covering doctrine is demonic. I don't care if you call it denominationalism. I don't say if you, it's your tribe. I don't care. It doesn't mean every person in it has a heart to control people. Amen. But there is a lot of hearts to control people in it. It does mean when you embrace that, you are making sons and daughters for yourself, not the kingdom. And God's getting a little bit jealous about it. Amen. And I'm promising you this. I'm promising you this. One of the greatest things that's going to happen with the, with the true apostolic outpouring. There's always a remnant of what is coming. There's always a remnant. There's always someone, even in the dark ages, who holds on to the deep truths. Amen. So yeah, you can find a few true apostolic people. You can find a few apostolic ministries where they're not trying to control anything. It's in God's control and, and they're working on getting, seeing how pure to make the doctrine and all these kind of things. Amen. But overall in the whole world, you almost see none of that. And yet you have everybody calling themselves apostles. So I'm waiting for the real thing. Amen. I'm thankful for the remnants. Amen. To give us hope. Amen. But I'm waiting for the real thing. God is, when, when covering doctrine bust. oh my God, think of it. It's like taking this demonic covering over the church that blocks people from hearing God, walking with God, makes them dependent on people, always having to go for long prayer lines, all this kind of stuff. Now what happens when people realize that doesn't work? They run off and become independent which means nothing. There's no real connecting and knitting together, um, no gathering together with the saints. They just go do whatever they want. They're not dealing with heart issues. So we got two things. We got the covering crowd who can't hear God for themselves and they're so excited if there's somebody to pray for them. And some of them submit under tyranny. And then we got the free spirit doing their own things in their little Bible studies and their little this and their little that and there's nobody stopping them and if they grow big enough, they'll become one of these. Can I get an amen? So I'm ready to see what God wants to do and how he's going to do it. And I want to be part of it. Amen? I'm going to be part of it. I'm excited about it. But I'm thankful for all the things he got in my heart. Because it's not just looking at a system and saying that's wrong. It's looking at the spirit that bring people under that system and the spirit that cause people to rule over that system and getting all those things on both sides out of your heart so God can trust you with his power. Y'all can mark my words. There's going to be so much power in this house one day. It's going to amaze you. But the Lord is not going to let it come because, until he has our hearts where he wants them to be because otherwise we'd be taken over with that power and we'd have tons of money. We'd have tons of people standing in line. We could do whatever we want and we won't know what we need to know or be holy like he wants us to be holy to handle what he's going to do. Amen? And so if it takes a long time, then let it take a long time. Amen? But God is really up to something. Amen? He's really going to heal us and set us free. And I encourage you to come on Tuesday nights or listen on Tuesday nights.
God's doing powerful things because the Lord showed me. He said, the reason your ministry is holy, the reason you have real power and authority, the reason when you pray it works is because of Tuesday nights. And it's not about Tuesday night like a program. It's about an altar. Every Tuesday night, and me personally, every single day of my life, put yourself on the altar. Say, God, get everything out. Let your fire come and burn everything out of my heart that's not here. I mean, that's not of you. Amen. That's not of you. And I don't think a day goes by that he doesn't burn something out of my heart. And I've been doing this a long time. I'll be like Paul. I was the worst of the worst. That's okay because he's making me holy. Amen. And so, Father, we thank you for what you're doing. I thank you, Lord, for your fire, your fire of hope being birthed in this place today and those who are watching. Lord, that vision's of what you have for our lives will come back. Lord, the rest doesn't satisfy. We don't care about anything, God, but your will for real. Not a manipulated version of your will, but your actual will for my life. I want an actual will of, from my heavenly father for my life that's gonna lift up my glorious bridegroom, King Jesus. Ho! Oh, that's gonna empower me with the Holy Spirit, keep me anointed because of this great love affair and cause people to be drawn to Christ. So, Lord, thank you for changing our hearts, especially since these last two years. What an intense time of heart changing. Lord, we just pray for every one of our children and grandchildren, our nieces and our nephews, everyone, Lord God, who is under 40, God. I just ask in the name of Jesus that you would so direct them into who you really are, Lord, that you would help people where there's so much mixture at places because they haven't understood the altar. They haven't understood how to really, really bring healing and deliverance. They haven't understood that you came to who preach the gospel to the poor in spirit, that you came to next heal the brokenhearted places. You then came, Lord God, to set the captives free. You then came, Lord God, to, to open the eyes of the blind that they could see in areas they couldn't see before. And then you've come to set at liberty those who are completely crushed by the enemy. That's when we need the real power. Thank you for opening our eyes. Thank you for using your word and the story of David. We can't wait to meet him when we get to heaven. Lord, for using his powerful, humbling testimony so that we could see things in our own hearts and get free. You are amazing. Father, I ask now in the name of Jesus that every person here that has any bondage on them in the areas of controlling others or being controlled, manipulating it all or being manipulate, manipulated. Father, any of these things, I believe with all my heart, I believe if you feel like God's calling you, I'm going to close my eyes. I don't care who it is. It should probably be everybody. If you know some of that still tries to go on around you, and I got my hands up, we're going to stand up like this. And I believe there's going to be angels in the name of Jesus. Oh, Cutting you loose from being the <laughs> from being a puppet of the enemy, and and I see I see the there's even big angels above who are cutting your hands free from holding from holding those things that manipulate. Amen? So put your hands like this for that to be happen, and then he's going to cut everything off at one time. I just believe it in Jesus' name. And um, Karen, if you could think of a song.
Now, you got to see this. If you don't, that's fine. But I, I, don't want, I don't want any entanglements. Amen? I don't want any entanglements, and I don't want to entangle anybody. I don't want to entangle anybody, and I don't want any entanglements. And I mean it with all of my heart. With all of my heart, I don't want to entangle anybody, and I want no entanglements at all in Jesus' name. Only he can get those things out of my heart. But I want to be led by the Spirit. I want to be led by the Spirit to say what I need to say, to be where I need to be, to do what I need to do, to speak into my children's life, to speak into my husband's life, to speak into your lives, to speak into total strangers' lives. Whatever he wants, he, he can do whatever he wants with me. Whether people understand it or not, as long as it's him. Now, if you love this teaching, then you better say you love this teaching. Then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also, check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.